to help us to remember that you are always present with us in all times, the times that are good and the times that are hard. We pray all this through the intercession of St. Mary, St. Marie, St. Verena, St. Athanasius, my father, Bruno Botrus, and all your uh, and all those that are present with us, we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine the kingdom. I didn't know if you do, do you do Agbay? I didn't know if you were doing Agbay or not, or if it was just a straight prayer. Round round two, we just do a quick prayer. Yeah, with the, we're, we're trying to uh, we're, we're trying to make things short <laughs> okay. uh, for everyone. We are, and we're we're doing short prayers, so we figured out it's uh, it's nice to start with a short prayer instead of a long prayer, and not everyone is engaged. So uh, not that people are not engaged, but uh, uh, so so yeah. So we're just praying short prayer, Abuna. So Abuna Thomas, thank you very much for accepting to uh, join us. And be with us. This is this is probably going to be our last uh, edge meeting for 2020, uh, and 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 with a with a with a wonderful conclusion, having uh, your reverence uh, with us, giving us a message of hope, uh, and uh, and 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 doing some uh, celebrative uh, uh, stuff like uh, we have a couple of nice videos prepared and a nice game towards the end that we're going to be uh, presenting for everyone to uh, enjoy and uh, share the Christmas spirit. Amazing. So, with the, with the spiritual word. Thank you. Tabaki, can I share my screen? Absolutely. Uh, let me try. I'm not really good at this, but let's try anyways here. Bottom, there's a green button that says share screen. Okay. One second here. I gotta get out of full screen. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Was that good? You guys could see that screen? Yep, we can see it. Okay. All right. So, uh, so we're currently uh, in the Advent, as we are preparing for Christmas, we're preparing for the celebration um, of the coming of God to to Earth, His incarnation. It's really the re the beginning of the reconciliation of the heavenly and the earthly. And during this fast, normally what happens when we prepare for the receiving of our Lord, we fast by either giving up something, but also by taking up certain things. We give up. Uh, certain foods, but we take up certain different uh, spiritual tools, dis disciplines, uh, in order to, to strengthen our spiritual uh, journey. Advent is really a time to remember the possible. And I love that the fact is, is that Advent doesn't come at a, at a time that's just like, it's no coincidence that it's at the end of a year and the beginning of a a new year because this is really a time for us to remember that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, over the last little while uh, in church on Sundays especially, we would hear different uh, readings in the Gospel. And one of those uh, 
the reading of a few weeks ago was the one of the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler was uh, a wonderful story, but at the same time it taught us this, this lesson, this lesson that we shouldn't ascribe uh, to a checklist type theology. That being that a life with Christ, being a Christian, can't be reduced simply to a list of tasks of things that you and I do in order uh, to get closer to God. Uh, the rich young ruler, when he came to Christ and he told them, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God, eternal life? He told them, keep the commandments. And the rich young ruler answered and said, teacher, all of these things I have kept from my youth. He subscribed to this checklist type theology. Not only did he subscribe, but he probably was really comfort. Like he, that was comfort zone. His relationship with God was about, I do this and this and this, and I should be good with God. Many of us actually make a list, especially around this time of year where things are uh, so busy. And then if it wasn't for COVID, you know, even I, I think uh, Santa or, or Christmas, we have a song making a list, checking twice, and or Santa makes that list. And we make these lists and we put, for instance, we say, pick up milk, pay the electrical bill, call the plumber. But on that same list, we put read our Bible, pray our Agbeya, do our confession our confessions. It feels good for us to check off things. And that's not a bad thing when it comes to the worldly. Like the way that we live in the world, it's good for us to, to check off things. It's nice to see like that line scratched out that I've accomplished something. Um, personally, like on my iPhone, I leave the fact that my, um, you know, when I have a list of things to do, I leave, you know, the things completed like still visible. I like to see that line going through it. So it's it's nice when it comes to the worldly things, but it shouldn't be the way that we uh, approach our Christian life. For us to participate personally in the salvation that Jesus brought to the world through his incarnation, through his crucifixion, through his resurrection, through his ascension, is a calling that is far greater than what than reducing it to a list of things. The Lord told the rich young ruler, the commandments of the Old Testament, and he told them, the rich young ruler answered and said, I've checked them all off. Do not commit adultery? Check. Do not murder? Check. Do not steal? Check. He's done all of these things. And Jesus looked at him uh, with love and said, one thing you lack, go sell what you, go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come take up your cross and follow me. You know, at first glance, uh, when we when we look at the response of Jesus, it kind of seems a little harsh. It's it's a little harsh. Jesus, don't you know this young ruler? Don't you know how good of a man this young ruler is? He's coming and he's asking you a good question. He even called you good teacher. Yet you're telling him that he's going to miss participating in the kingdom because of the one thing he lacks. We may say to ourselves, like, this is pretty discouraging that there's no hope either for you or for myself or for, for anybody. Um, and really, we wouldn't be the first ones because even the disciples at that time spoke and, and asked the question and said, 
and it said in verse 25 of Luke chapter, uh, or sorry, of Matthew chapter 19, it says, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus, out of his love for us, Jesus, out of his love for us, says this. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible. With God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. Advent is really a time for us to remember the impossible becomes possible. To remember the possible. The possible is Christ. Everything that happens in our life could be possible only through Christ. All throughout the gospel we'll see there's so many impossibilities. There's so much impossible around the, along the Gospels. But we are to remember the possible. Even when we look at the Gospel of last Sunday, last Sunday was the Annunciation of St. John the Baptist. And you see in Luke chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and, there was, and they were both well advanced in years. Clearly an impossibility, an impossibility for an old lady and an old man to have a baby. Yet if we fast forward down to verse 24, you see the possible. You see the hand of God working and, you, and the, the encouragement that we get. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. You see, Zacharias was transformed. Elizabeth transformed those that were around and saw John the Baptist being born and being called John the name that the angel told Zacharias to call him were transformed and the same ought to happen to us we need to be transformed the encountering encountering the possible should equate to transformation it can't just be a matter of um, of information. If someone, if I were to ask you to sum up your belief in one sentence, what would you say? How would you encapsulate all of Christianity? How would you take all of Christianity and put it into one sentence? Luckily, we have a, a father that is before us, and we're thankful for the fathers that came before us. There was a formula that was, that's been around for centuries. And this formula came from St. Athanasius, and he says, God became man so that man could become God. It's a short, but yet a very powerful confession of faith. He took all of Christianity, and he summed it up into one sentence. God became man so that man may become God. Seems impossible, but remember, the whole point of Advent is for us to remember the possible. Honestly, like I struggled with this quote uh, when I first heard it. When I first heard it from uh, from uh, another priest that was giving a sermon, I struggled with this quote. And then when I read about it, like I struggled even more. But the reality is, is I struggled with it because I have the Bruce Almighty type God in my mind. The Bruce Almighty movie, if you didn't watch it, was Jim Carrey that said, I could be God. I could do what God does. Actually, it would be awesome to be God, to answer all people, all the people's uh, uh, prayers, uh, to organize 
the world the way I would want it organized. It was a very arrogant way of thinking. And that's why I personally struggled with that because God became man so that man could become God. Why would our father, St. Athanasius, say such a statement? In this statement, we actually see a fact and a purpose. The fact is, is that God became man. More specifically, that the only begotten Son, the second person of the Trinity, became incarnate. He took on flesh. He assumed the human flesh from the Virgin. It is true that the incarnation was also a historical event. That, that it happened, that it happened at a certain time that Jesus walked upon this earth and that there was a baby that was born of a virgin. It happened at a, at a time. But what was the purpose? What's the purpose? How can we benefit from this appearance today? How do we benefit from the Lord's incarnation? If, it's mere, if we are merely history collectors, or, these, or do these events actually mean something to us today? The second part is the purpose. The purpose was that so that man could become God. You see, in, incarnation can't just be information. It can't just be about gathering this information that I know that Jesus is born of a virgin. Great. And that he came to earth. Great. It must transform us. The way that it transformed Zacharias, the same way that it transformed Elizabeth, and transformed everybody else that participated in the incarnation in their daily life, it transformed them. The first half is that God became man. And the second half is our potential, is that man to become God. Saint Athanasius used the statement just so you know that he used the statement against the Arian heresy in the first ecumenical council in Nicaea in, uh, in 325 AD. The priest Arius taught against that Jesus was a, uh, he was a creator God, basically, that he wasn't of the same essence of the Father. So he gave this basically to the bishops and to the theologians at the time, and they came up with the creed, and they added uh, to the creed at this point, uh, they added who for us and for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary and became men. You know, this is aligned with Scripture. When we look at John 3.16, you'll see that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him may not perish but have eternal life. We have or we inherit salvation in eternal life becoming God. God became man so that man may become God. Now we don't literally mean become God. It's more becoming like God. Being restored to the image that we were created for. This is aligned with Genesis. If you look in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 it says let's make man in our image and likeness. God has become one of us that we might become one with Him. God took on our life so that we could participate in the divine life. Everything that we do should be a result, the result should be, or the motive should be, communion with God. That's why in the Orthodox Church, we pray so many liturgies. 
that our life is revolving around the Eucharist. Because this is the easiest way that you and I understand communion with God. Because actually we come and we partake of communion. So we're in communion. But the reality is, is we should be in communion every single day of our life. And during this pandemic, we learn God is teaching us that even though the churches are closed and that we may not be praying as many liturgies or we can't participate in as many liturgies as we are accustomed to, that doesn't mean that we can't be in communion with God. The true Christian life is the life that lives increasingly in union with God in His incarnation, which makes all things possible. All things are possible through incarnation. Our call to holiness is possible only through incarnation. Our call to love one another is only possible through incarnation. Our call to forgive one another, even though that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness, is only possible through incarnation. Our call to serve is only possible to be to be completed through incarnation, through us living incarnation, including our call to becoming saints. If incarnation doesn't transform us, if it just really it's a departure from our faith, because all of us on this call, all of us on this call, understand the information that has been presented to us for many, many years. And not only do we understand it, we believe it. We believe that the angel came to Mary and said, you will born, you will, uh, you will conceive Jesus. We believe also that St. Joseph accepted. We believe that Jesus was born in a manger and that he was incarnate. Yet, if that doesn't transform us, it's a departure from our faith. God became man is the fact. The purpose is so that man may become God. And the natural question would be, is how? How do we do this? And the simple answer would be to understand, to remember two things. To remember that you are not alone. That you are not alone. That you, you and I have the Holy Spirit that is living inside of you and inside of the church and is active. The word paraclete, when we refer to the Holy Spirit, we refer to him as uh, many different things. We refer to him, we give him the characteristic of comforter, we give him the characteristic as helper. But the word paraclete or paracletos actually means the one who walks alongside. That is so much greater than the word helper. When I go to my son and I said, don't worry, Habibi, I'm going to help you. That's okay, but it's so much stronger and say, don't worry, Habibi, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be alongside of you. That even though it seems that everything around us is going in lockdown, our whole life is locked down, our churches are locked down, our work are locked down, we are in a lockdown. This great big pandemic that none of us have ever experienced in our life and I feel so alone and so depressed and my life is full of anxiety, we need to remember one thing, the word paracletos. We need to remember that he is walking alongside us. 
and the church in its like his its infinite wisdom has provided to us a reminder constantly we have received the holy spirit during our baptism and baptism happened through water that's why the priest at the end of the church he throws the water and everybody wants to get a piece of that water or get a little bit wet and some people get more wet than others or whatever but the reality is is, is that yes it's a blessing then great but it's also a reminder it's a reminder that you are being sent out and you're not being sent out alone that this water should remind you and i that the holy spirit that he is working through through you and that's why it's so great that this pandemic causes us to wash our hands 50 times a day when we used to watch them three times a day because you got to wash them with water and when you wash your hands remember you're not alone water remind you that you're never alone that we don't need to be alone that we don't need to live like this life uh, quoted by destiny's child like the shoe the shoes on my feet i bought them we don't like we don't need to live that type of life what we need to live is a life that is dependent on God. We are not called to live on our own. Humility means to be in complete surrender to God. Humility is not about opening a door for someone or letting somebody go ahead of me. That's not what it means. It means that I am in complete surrender to you, God, and that nothing, I can't take my next step without you. The one who walks alongside. Remember that you are not alone. The second is that we need to remember that we need to daily, um, that we must daily live the incarnation. That we must daily allow Christ to incarnate through us. Now, we're not literally going to give birth to Christ. But we will give birth to him through our words and through our actions. We must allow the possible through the impossible. When you share God's love and share God's compassion or his light, his truth, his forgiveness, all of that equates to incarnation. Why? Because God is love and God is light and God is truth and God is forgiveness. You sharing God is you incarnating Christ. You must know that by our own power that it's not simply possible to share in the holiness of God. But with Jesus, with God, all things are possible. When we are led to believe, it is not possible for me to forgive. When we are led to believe, that is not possible for me to change. When we are led to believe, that it's not possible for me to overcome this certain habit or this sin. Or to reconcile in this relationship. We need to remember the words that Jesus said. He said that he looked at, insert name here, Mary, Tony, Barry, whoever you want to add. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You may be wondering on the screen, why did I put like these jars full of seeds uh what does this have to do with anything um for those that may have seen like uh that may have heard a sermon or, or seen the sermon uh, a few weeks ago i did present a jar to the congregation and i told the congregation that this jar full of seeds is my life 
my life over the last 20, 30 plus years, that I've been going around and collecting all this wonderful information, all this wonderful Christian information and putting it inside these jars. One seed at a time. And I was collecting these beautiful seeds. The problem is, is that seeds will never grow inside a jar. That seeds need to be planted in good soil. That seeds, in order for it to grow, has to come out of that jar. It's not good enough for me over the last 20, 30 plus years of my life to just collect this information and put it in a jar and keep it and display it to people. And every once in a while, no problem. I'm going to show people this jar and say, this, this is the information that you're looking for and spew off a verse here or there. But if that seed is not out of that jar, that seed is not being transformed and I am not being transformed. It's important for us to be transformed, to not allow these seeds and to go around and to convince ourselves that it's just about information gathering. It's not about information gathering. The time is now for us to be transformed. The time is now for us to open this jar and to allow Christ to be incarnate. Let me just conclude with uh, a quote from St. Silouan. St. Silouan says, The soul that has come to know God fully no longer desires anything else, nor does it attach itself to anything on the earth. But if you put before it a kingdom, it would not desire it. For the love of God gives such sweetness and joy to the soul that even the life of a king can no longer give any sweetness. Over the next, this next little while, we need to let this fasting period transform us. We need to let the Word of God transform us. We need to open that jar. That jar that we are so holding on to and putting it on our shelves and dusting it off every once in a while. We need to take that information and put it in a soil that is ready. A good soil. We've heard the parable of the soil when we first started our fasting. Because God was telling us that it's so important for us to prepare our soil. You could ask any gardener, what is the most important thing to do? And he'll say, is soil preparation. It's important for you and I, when we are going to accept the new year coming, that this new year is not just a new year of we're going to make a bunch of resolutions and we're going to make a list of things to do. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people work really well with lists, but lists can't be the end goal. The end goal can't be that I just checked off something off my list. That's not the end goal. The end goal is transformation. If we go back to the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler went away sad because he told and um, one of our father, uh, one of the fathers, Father Anthony Cuneras speaks about this, and he says, he says. The rich and ruler left sad because he told God, every room in my house is available to you except this one room. This one room that is full of darkness. This one room that I am ashamed of. This one room that I don't want you to see. This is the period that we should let go of our shame and our guilt that we have been carrying maybe for way, way too long. Because why? Because with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And glory be to God forever. Amen.
Thank you, Buna Thomas, for this uh, wonderful message and reminding us with that there is uh, hope and uh, there is always uh, a, a need to, to, to be active in, in, in doing this transformation. So uh, my prayers for uh, all of us, including myself, is that we have heard today from, uh, from Abuna uh, would become really a seed not put in a jar, but a seed that transforms uh, our life. Thank you very much, Abuna. And if anyone has any um, uh, feedback, uh, I mean, things to share or questions to Abuna, please, uh, you can do so by unmuting yourself, uh, asking your question, or you can text Abuna uh, 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 on the chat, whether it's public or privately, you can text Abuna. Hi, Father Thomas. Hi, Habibi. How are you? Um, <laughs> uh, I had a question about uh, the analogy you're using with uh, the seeds inside the jar. Okay. Do you mind explaining that a little bit further in regards to like, like, like are the seeds kind of like what you're learning from the Bible or and, and like the jar is what's holding you back? Like, what do you mean by that exactly? So I think that so so at the time it was uh, it was the parable of the sower uh, when I first presented this this jar but since then I I've been presenting at the, pretty much at every sort of God just being that I'm I'm holding on to the word of God that I know what the word of God is but I'm not allowing it to transform my life so what what do I mean by that I mean by when I, uh, when I'm really holding on to uh, not forgiving someone, and 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 honestly, it's it's just really at a simplistic level in my life. So in my life, there's a lot of basic things that I'm not that I know that God is commanding me to do or wants me to do in order to benefit myself and to to grow spiritually and to inherit the kingdom of God. Yet I refuse to do them. So, for instance, when it comes to forgiveness. You know, I'm I'm maybe holding on a little bit longer uh, and not making it easy for people uh, or making it easy to forgive people, meaning that I want that person to come and apologize and to come and discuss and to have a full on discussion. So it's more about not allowing the word of God, uh, like especially the illogical parts sorry i'm going to use the word illogical parts of the word of god but the illogical parts for us what do you mean you want me to you know bless those that curse me that doesn't make sense to me but that's a a nice piece of information i know that verse i know it i'll put it in the jar but i won't allow it to transform me i won't allow it to i won't actually do it i'll i'll just look at it and say that's a nice seed that's a beautiful seed, but I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it there. So that's where, like, I was going with it more close. It was just, like, uh, uh, just very simplistic to not just accept. We hear so many, sorry, like, forgive me. And, and, and honestly, like, when I speak, uh, I speak first and foremost about myself. I'm not speaking about anybody else. I hear so many sermons. I, uh, I read so many books. But I can't tell you that a lot of those sermons or books have transformed me. In a way, you would never guess that I have read those books or those sermons because I don't because maybe the way that I'm living my life. Um, so 
that's where this the seeds come and and maybe i'm just not allowing it to enter into my heart and my heart is not not ready for that i heard a sermon one time and it says uh it's unfortunate there are some christians that are going to miss heaven by 18 inches and i was like 18 inches and he says because they got it up here but it hasn't transcended to their heart the word hasn't entered their heart to change them we got it here we get it it makes it some of it makes sense but we understand it but it's not here it's not trans, it's not i'm not living it on a day in and day out basis i don't know if that answered your question Thank you, Abuna. Anyone has other questions? Would be also helpful if we can start. Uh, I think we uh, uh, we asked to be ready with uh, uh, showing your uh, beautiful sweater. <laughs> I'm not gonna say uh, ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> Abuna doesn't like ugly. <laughs> so we can start if you uh, if this is okay with you. Show your uh, your uh, camera. And if you have questions, this is a time also to uh, ask questions to Abona Thomas. We got a vote on who has the ugliest one. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the most beautiful one, I mean. Yes. <laughs> All right. So thank you very much, Abona. Thank you for uh, really being with us and uh, helping us uh, have the last meeting with this uh, 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 message of uh, of hope, of transformation, because always transformation, uh, the word transformation also reminds me of a butterfly, like how, how butterfly transforms from something ugly to something very, something really very, uh, very beautiful. Uh, and these are wonders of God's creation, uh, uh, which is a process of transformation. So. Uh, uh, something that could look really not pleasant or we're not happy with it, which is usually difficult times, difficulties. We go into a cocoon and doesn't look nice. Maybe we want to just throw it away. But actually, we being patient to go through this, this inner transformation that takes place inside would, uh, would, would, would hopefully, this is the purpose of God for us to be transformed into this beautiful but butterfly. So uh, we are hopeful and we are confident that there will be lots of uh, good things coming out of uh, this maybe hardship or difficulty or difficult times that we are going through. So thank you, Abuna, for uh, this reminder. And uh, we have uh, a, a few, couple of videos and they are 